0: Well, hello, and welcome to another deep dive chat, where we're chatting, talking, discussing, diving deep into chapter eight of Mark, uh, one to twenty-one this week. Now, just before, quickly, before we jump into everything again, like what we said last week, if you've got any questions that you were that you had whilst you were watching on Sunday, but also. Um, whilst you're watching this. um, Send them in if you're watching live. We'll try our best to answer and see any of those questions. Um, If you're not watching this live, if you're watching this later, and any questions do come up, post them, send them through, and we'll try and see them and answer them to the best of our ability. Now, today I've got Kerry, Caleb, and myself, Josh. Now, before we go into it, I think we should just reread the passage, so that we're all on the same page, uh, we're all up to date, and then, then we'll start talking. So, Mark chapter 8, 1 to 21. During, During these days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days. And have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on their way, because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in the remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When they had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. After he had sent them away, he'd gotten into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of. How do you pronounce that? Delmanatha. The the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus, to test him. They asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got back into the boat, and crossed the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for the one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed with one another and said, Because we have no bread. Aware of the discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls? how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? Now, feeding of the 4,000, isn't that a bit familiar? Haven't we heard that before, feeding a large group of people?
1: You were reading Matthew, weren't you? I so. there's, a, there's another account of the 4,000 in Matthew, but I think what you mean is is that there's 5,000. The yes. story of the 5,000, uh, three weeks ago, we Eric, actually, before we started these deep dives, he, he took us through and did the, the 5,000. And uh, yeah, quite often people, I made the joke in this week's sermon, they, they don't realize there's two separate feedings of people. you know, And, and Kerry's going to speak into it a bit in the moment, but... It says right there in red letters, as we just wrapped up that reading, Jesus accounts that there was two feedings. He asks them, how many baskets full at the 5,000? Well, there's 12. How many baskets full at the 4,000? So even Jesus has said it there, that there's two feedings and that's in the gospel. That's not taking any contextualization in and around that. The other thing is it's backed up in Matthew. Matthew says, There's a feeding of the 5,000 early in the book. And then there's a feeding of the 4,000 later on. It's an exact same recount of this lesson for the disciples of the rebuking of Herod and the Pharisees' yeast of the feeding of the 4,000. So there's actually quite a lot of uh, support to the case, and this is argued in scholarship, that was it just a recount of the same story or is it actually a separate event? There's a lot of support to show that this is actually a second feeding of mass Uh, of numbers
0: Mm. and it's interesting that there's more than one feeding as if you know as if Mm. it had to have multiple times for people to start to understand or get you know I'm, i'm sure Jesus was kind of like wanting someone that was, you know, standing there, or one of the disciples going, "This, this, this happened before." Like, you know, like don't you remember? Like, you know, how he says, "Deja vu." <laughs> so it's like, don't you get it? Like, this happened before, and they're just going, "Oh," like, you know, like, still it still hasn't clicked for them the first time. Then it happens again the second time, still doesn't click, and so in the back, of I'm, I'm sure in the back of his mind, going, "Come on, we we did this before." <laughs> Mm. Kerry, you had a
1: really interesting insight, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I had a look at the two different accounts, the 5,000 and the 4,000, to see what the similarities were and what the differences were. And one of the differences with the 5,000 is that they're in Jewish territory. The 4,000, they're in the region of Decapolis, which is where Jesus had um, set free that man who was demon-possessed and the man said, can I come with you? And Jesus said, no, go to your region and tell everybody what's happening. And so these 4,000 people are probably the result of that ministry of that man, that they're coming and they're following Jesus in wilderness area. Um, So it's in different locations. One's mostly Jewish, one's mostly Gentile. And so he's possibly just reinforcing the fact that, you know, I am the bread of life for the Jews... And for the Gentiles, and it's possibly why the disciples didn't think it would happen in that region, why they didn't remember about the five thousand, because they thought maybe Jesus was only doing it for the for the, the Jews. The other interesting thing is the twelve baskets for the five thousand, which is, and, and seven for the four thousand. And often with numbers in the Bible, there's some sort of you know representation or meaning behind it. There's twelve tribes of Israel and there's seven tribes of Cana. So whether or not that's also an added thing that would have, you know, spoken to the disciples at the time.
1: And no exclusive exclusivity in that. It's it's all of Cana is included. It's yes. all of Israel is concluded. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just the Levites that can come and meet me. It's it's not just Judah that can join in with them now. Everyone, yeah. and in the same way everyone in Kana gets to actually have yeah. the same experience too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So was there anything for you, Caleb, as you were giving giving this um, message? Was there anything you wanted to kind of add or you felt like you didn't have enough time to to add to it or miss miss out or any other information that we can go with that we can delve into now uh, that you would like to say or, or bring us?
1: Yeah, well, uh, those that watched would know, gee, Caleb likes to talk. I got the the preacher's curse and, you know, (laughs) we we just can keep going because it's so (laughs) exciting to read what's in there. Uh, And and as it was, I managed to go for like 34 minutes or something. I think I saw the video was when I was going over a view of myself. But uh, the one thing that I really, I I kind of cut out because I thought, well, you know, this is going on uh, is actually... There's a distinct difference between how Jesus responds to the Pharisees and how he responds to the disciples. And I didn't get time to touch on it. And uh, I think it's really important to note because this is something that we need to examine ourselves and say, what heart do I bring? Because the heart of the Pharisees is what makes Jesus sigh and give him a response of, you won't see the signs because they're there because they're testing him. They're coming to judge him. They're almost giving him temptations, I think some, some uh, scholars say, you know, and it's like that idea. And then the, the eyes of the disciples, they just didn't see it, you know, and it's kind of like, you guys, come on, like, uh, catch up with me here already, you know, uh, and so there's this distinct difference, and, and it's really important because, that sigh, you know, we talked last time about the sigh of uh, of the, how he sighs and it's the spirit of God going out because they're about to learn something. It's going to be something different, it's going to be something new. Well, the sigh here, it's not the same. We were talking before this and just, and, and thinking through some of the stuff that we might talk about. The sigh here, we were saying, is actually much more one of frustration, you know, of, you're, just, you, you're coming with the wrong intentions and, and I'm fed up with you guys. Uh, and that is, leads into the response. And with the disciples, you know, the fact they forget their bread was the trying, to, trying. But <laughs> they uh, But it's, it's a teaching moment. And, you know, this is what we're talking about. In particular when we're going through Mark at the moment, we're looking at the words, the ways, and the works of Jesus. These are the words that he's giving the disciples, which is actually helping them understand, in particularly who he is, as God, as human, and as who they are following. You know, and so he's giving them a real teaching lesson, and just the patience he has with him is is phenomenal.
0: Mm. I mean, dear. I mean, for one to to, to... You would have to have great patience i mean they forgot their bread like you know they forgot their they forgot their food and they've just you know been been fed you know and then then to get back onto the boat and say oh we've just we've just forgot it like we've just forgotten this and you just you know like, i i imagine like i i well not i imagine i i wonder what jesus is like if you were to hear a recording if someone was there with you know a microphone recording what he was saying Filming a podcast of Jesus. Filming a podcast, you know, like, you know, documentary style, like, you know, fly on the wall, just, all right, I'm getting everything. But I wonder what, on the boat, as he's saying all this to the the disciples, I wonder what his tone of voice would have been. Was it one, like, it, it would have been out of love, But what was, you know, was he starting to get annoyed at that point that they didn't get, uh, that there wasn't understanding? Was it, you know, was it, um, like, was it straight to the point? Like, was it very snappy, his questions? Like, I wonder what his mood was all of a sudden going, don't you, like, why aren't you getting this right now? Like, you know. You can say, why are you in six
1: different tones, you know, Mm. and each time it's a different expression, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it'd be, it would yeah. so be quite, quite interesting. I mean, I mean what, what, what do you guys think? What do you think his tone, tone of voice would have been uh, just, just quickly?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe there would have been some level of frustration in there because mm. I think he, he had sort of made it quite clear, um, you know, what was happening. Um, he's done it twice like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think they'd get it right now. One of the things I like about it is that Mark doesn't leave it out. He's not trying to hide the fact that, you know, they weren't quite getting what Jesus was about. And I think that's just beautiful because that's something we can really relate to. Yeah,
1: Yep. And and there's also probably this element of frustration because he's still fully human of coming from the experiences of having to rebuke the Pharisees, say, you will not see, and that coming through into the lesson with the disciples, you know, and it's like... I'm almost having to repeat myself here you did just hear me say this to the pharisees yes. but with looking at this with a learning perspective now rather than just a i'm not going to teach you guys about this because you don't have eyes and ears to hear and, mm. and to see
0: yeah i mean it'd be very easy to i mean I, I, just from a human human perspective it'd be very easy to be hyped up on your emotions of rebuking the pharisees and then to quickly turn to your disciples and not have, you know, it would be very difficult not to have the same snappy response kind of thing of, you know, these guys are trying to test me and th- these, you know, like he, he had to, you know, I imagine, stop, take a breath and actually it was like, well, no, 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 this is this like you said, this, this is the teaching moment. I'm not, these aren't the Pharisees, so I'm gonna, you know, they're not testing me. They're generally here to learn. And this was the period of time when this, you know, he was proving who he was. So he, uh, I guess he had to be patient in that.
1: Yeah, and we often also think, I think, in this time, why didn't they just get it? Well, you gotta remember also, the Holy Spirit isn't with them yet. This is a gift promised to them after Jesus leaves. And so we're sitting in this time with thousands of years of analysis and the story being told to us so many times. And we're thinking, yeah, that's simple. Why didn't they get that? And we got the gift of the Holy Spirit to see who Jesus was and what he did and how the power was working there. But these guys are just they're in the presence of God, but they're not actually blessed with that gift in their understanding yet because they don't have that, I don't think. And so they're actually kind of sitting, sitting in, it in it. the same breath thinking we're trying to grasp this with just an example observed not actually uh, in our lives integrated as such um yeah and so we've got to give them some leeway because it's not like they've had the history to to bring it through for them it's like this is being unveiled their traditions and understandings are being broken in this moment their customs and understandings are actually in this time being challenged And so they're trying to grasp a whole new life understanding and way of living whilst actually uh, observing. And so they're actually doing quite an incredible thing to reframe and shape and guide their whole life. And it would be almost for like us, if um, this is just a weak analogy, but if we took away social media, I share my snap of uh, me eating brekkie at the local cafe in the morning, you know, and how then... We go around again, sharing our experiences and stuff without this concept of we can put this up on the internet, and those that we are close to, those that are friends, those that like to watch our life, can just tune in. They're having to rebuild this in a moment, in the moment, as they're currently being challenged. Yeah,
0: mm. and I think one of I heard, and I and I, I heard this, and I, and and I agree with it. The best learning kind of experience uh and also then uh to extend that the best kind of sermon that you hear on a on a sunday is the one you don't get straight away because if you were to get it and you're like oh that clicks right you know that's that's good but then you're driving home Right afterwards, you're not thinking about it. But the ones that you don't get as you're then driving home away from you, then the, the mind's processing, it's going through it, and you're thinking about it more. And I'm sure this happened with the with the disciples as, as, as they, you know, as they were there or um, doing the doing their thing or going to sleep that night, and they were probably you know heavily thinking about their life yeah. changing. And, and
1: Jesus leaves it with them in that note. It's the last thing is, do still not understand? You know, so he's expecting them to continue to think about it because he's saying, you don't get it, keep thinking.
2: And it is quite a, a challenge. He's like quite direct with them, you know, are your hearts hardened? Mm. I mean, that's that's a, that's a tough thing to hear. Um, do you have eyes but fail to see? Do you have ears but fail to hear? And I think that's a good point you make, Josh. What is it that we don't see about God What is it where our heart is hardened and we're not really open to just the beauty and the glory and the majesty and the mercy and the grace and everything else of God? Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. So just moving back slightly uh, through through the passage, is the yeast of of the Pharisees. um, End of Herod. end End of Herod. Uh, is there anything you want to just quickly touch on on, uh, on that part of, of the passage?
1: Well, yeast is obviously a metaphor. And they're bringing yeast out here in relation to bread because they've gone through feeding and they're, they're talking about that and uh, they forgot their bread. Um, and Jesus is, I think, what I think this is about is actually... Don't allow the ways and the thoughts, or let's use what we're actually looking at, the ways, the words, and the works of the Pharisees, the ways, the words, and the works of Herod, who are the influential overseers of Israel at that time, of the Gentile areas, what did we say it was? Del Mantua. don't let those people that are in charge there be the ones to influence your hearts and spirits. In fact, let me as Jesus be the ones that influences your heart and spirit. And so, you know, there's all these Romans, imagine, walking around all the time, representative of Herod, who's representative of Caesar, who is Rome, because they thought Caesar was Rome, like that big of a person. And so he's saying, don't let their ways, words, works, be what corrupts your heart to take you away from God. Don't let the Pharisees, who's caught up in traditionalism, in the Acts, in all the rules around the Ten Commandments and not the actual Ten Commandments, which... Jesus summarizes as love God, love your neighbours. Don't let that be your guiding motive for life. Actually, let what my yeast is, and that's His words, His ways, His works, be the thing that influences, encourages, and inspires you to live your life. What about you? Oh, uh,
2: yeast is usually uh, symbolises of sin. But I sort of like the way you put that there, you know, who's influencing you. And and he's basically saying that, you know, Herod, your leader, and, and Pharisees, your spiritual leaders, they're, they're full of sin. And that sin, you know, can grow like yeast does in, the, in a loaf of bread. It grows and it has such an impact on the whole of the bread. So don't let that influence you. Like you say, listen to his ways, his works, Jesus' ways, yeah.
1: Because yeast actually helps bread, you know, so if if it makes it good in our life and makes our life swell, whilst it is a metaphor for the sin of Pharisees and, and, and Herod, if it's the right yeast, if it's the yeast of the spirit, the words of God and stuff, actually that will make our lives become something greater.
0: Yeah. Mm. And so what about the legal nature of, of the Pharisees and, and, and Herod? Because the, the, the Romans were, would have been you know, the, the, the power at the time, they were the they were the force in their controlling occupying well occupying really because um, they were from from Rome and then they were occupying where where the, where they were. This would have been then challenged like the the new covenant would have that Jesus bringing would have then been challenging some of the the legal aspects of well both the 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 Jewish and the Gentile you know the, the Jewish and the Gentiles, um, but then also. Uh, um, the, Roman, you know, the Romans and, and Herod at the time.
1: Mm. One of the things around legalism, and if we look and we think all the way back to when God gives rules to Moses so that the nation can engage with God, the idea behind the rules isn't to get them to live in a life. At least how I understand it is the rules facilitate a way for relationship with God. And it's not about actually do these things, God will be appeased. The rules are there because that's going into what actually is a right life with God. You know, Simon uses the analogy all the time. You've got a soccer field and you're playing in the field. If you play on the edge, you're playing on the edge of the rules well, you're still in the field, but you're within the rules. But you, you, the idea is to be in the middle, so that you can be living in a life with God that's well. And, and it's about actually the being facilitated. The boundaries are there, so that you can be within that construct, so that you're actually with a life with God. Now, the problem is when it gets passed down through generations. And what is there? There's probably about I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was about four thousand years from Abraham through to Jesus, 6,000 maybe. It's a rough number. I'll have to get back to you on that one. But by the time it's passed down through it so much, they brought off so many arms of the rules. They brought off so many extensions of the rules that it becomes, these are the things we must do from washing your hands all the way up to your elbows, which is a hygienic thing in the time, which is great. But it became about washing it and not actually making yourself clean with God. you know. And it became about oh, I've sacrificed 16 pigeons because I killed my friend's uh, cow, fattened lamb. So I sacrificed 16 pigeons to God and given him three cows. You know, well, that doesn't actually change your heart anymore and you're not living with God, you know. Um, And so it's all about that, that idea, I think. You have to go back to the start before, yeah.
2: Yeah, and Paul says that the law shows us where we fall down, that if the law wasn't there, then we wouldn't know that we were sinners and needed Jesus. So the law was always there to show us how far we are from God and, as you say, to to do things to recognise that we need a relationship with God. But the Pharisees had so complicated it and they'd gone into, you know, that you need to rest on a Sabbath. Well, what does that actually mean? And they'd drawn up all these legalistic rules about what work was and and they'd got so um, concerned about the detail of the rules that they they you know, brought up themselves that they forgot the, the reason for the Sabbath. And so this legalism had just crept into their whole life. It was part of their identity, it was part of who they were, how they um, distinguished themselves from the Gentiles, how they identified themselves as the, the children of God. Um,
1: and ultimately removing themselves from the purpose of why God made them as being a light to the rest of the nations, you know, and, and it was never an exclusive club. It was never. something to be inclusive. Absolutely. And look how they brought in Rahab, you know, when they went around Jericho, mm. all the different stories. And then God uses Rahab to have David who brings in Jesus later on, you know, yes. like, so it's a story of inclusivity and, and the fact that they get blinded by rules. Now, We can't just judge them for that because, again, we do the same thing. If we bring this now into an understanding of where we go, Mm. you know, we're so legalistic around different things. And different people have different legalism things that makes it so tricky to just name them. But like some things like communion, like how can you feel about communion? You know, this this is a challenge. And is it just something you do because it's a process or is this something that brings you into the heart of God that makes you remember the atoning sacrifice that he did. And for those of you that don't know what atoning is, it means to make you right with God again. Uh, And so is it something that's actually bringing you into a right place with God so that you can say sorry, you confess your sins, and you allow him to work in you to make you something more like he desires you to be? Or is it something that's just actually getting through so that you've ticked the right box again? Mm.
2: Mm. Mm. A ritual. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. I think there's the... The power that some people, you know, the power-hungry um, part of it, part of it is, as all, you know, those 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 Pharisees Absolutely. that it, it because it is what well, what they thought of an mm. a inclusive inclusive no exclusive group mm. um, of wanting that power of, of, of control and 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 being able to um you know to be above those because they were. Um, you know, closer to God. Well, that's what they thought.
2: Exactly. And they were doing it by works. Mm. They thought that works were going to get them into heaven. And, you know, it's clear that that's not the way it goes. In
1: fact, there was only one person that could actually do the works and that's why we actually have this thing for Christ because he's the only one that can do it. It's only Jesus that can manage to do this for us. Mm. And it's why we have to humble ourselves and say, actually, God, your way is better than my way. You know, Jesus is the only one that lived this life perfect. It's only through him there's salvation. It's only through him that we're actually able to come into a right relationship with you. We can't live up to the standard of legalism. We can't obey all the laws. We need Jesus' blood to cover us for all those things. And we need to be able to actually say, we're going to try our best to live in a life that you desire us to live within the law, but doing it in a way that we can have a relationship with you, through Jesus' salvation.
0: Amen. 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 Now it's only kind of uh, as we're kind of wrapping up here, uh, is there any final thoughts or anything that you kind of just either just popped into your brain or, um, you know, anything that's been, been on, your, on your heart or your mind um, through, throughout the week?
2: I think it, it's lovely to look at the connections throughout Mark mm. because each week we're looking at a particular chapter but it's really nice to look back and see how Mark is taking this journey with us um, through what the disciples are experiencing, um, getting to know Jesus more and more, and as Jesus um, shows more of his his power and authority, as he shows more of his grace, and the connections that happen through Mark are just just something really, really touching. Really, mm.
0: and I think for myself on on, on that. I think for me, kind of as we go through Mark, you know, each bit by each bit, rather than just you know, all right, this is Mark and overview, and then on to the next thing. You know, I think for myself, as you know, I would say, as a young Christian, I've known of Jesus's you know ways, works, and 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 everything in between, but actually have you know, starting to read it and and go through it more and 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 slowly sit in it more. You know, he what him bringing his new covenant and the new way of living, and then then also that how that applies to us is now. I don't know. It's been more prominent now, more for myself and and my life, especially for like you know for me who hasn't done any sort of official study um, with within it all. This is I think this um, going through Mark has been great just to kind of not only know more about Jesus and the New Covenant and, and how that all operates, but, but also how um, the disciples and the Pharisees and, and then everyone else, um, how they also viewed and, and consumed, because like the crowd, I'm also a crowd member. You know, I'm also listening, like, you know, here and hearing and sometimes hearing these stories for the first time, um, you know, and having my own questions and and everything, even though it's been all written down and I could find any scholarly kind of paper um, on it. It's, you know, I'm still, still there. I'm still as if I'm there as a crowd member going,
2: wow, you know. Beautiful. Yeah, and I
1: think the thing that it just keeps prompting to me is don't be afraid to take the next steps you know there's conviction that's happening in this message series and, and every week it's something different i feel like because mm, mm. We're, the, the, we're getting so many different speakers which is incredible to speak into these passages bringing different frameworks that they they are able to speak into and uh there's continually conviction on the heart and so it brings it back to this point of what the sermon on sunday was don't miss the signs you know and so i think my encouragement just particularly out of this that's coming to me just don't be afraid to step into what the signs are. Don't be afraid to actually take those next steps. And whether that's just conversations with people that are more uh, experienced in their faith journey, if I can say it like that, that that you trust as someone to guide you in the faith journey, or whether it's someone that um, knows where to direct you in the Bible, you know, that's someone you trust to pray with. Take those steps to be in those places. Uh, don't feel like this is just something that, will pass. You know, you've got to actually push into some of these things that God's actually giving you.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. And I think, you, you know, you said it best on Sunday, follow the signs, don't keep asking for more. I think that was, you know, one of my biggest takeaway from, from, from that, you know, you have so many, so many like signs that are there, mm. actually take the leap to, to follow it rather than going, no, 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 I just need one more sign and then I'll do it. Yeah. Well, then you're just going to be going around the circle. Yeah, no. Well, that's, um, I think that's the, we're, we're at our half an hour mark or, or over. Um, any Anything else?
1: Yeah, let's pray to end let's up, pray. eh? Excellent. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> I was going to throw it to you. Wow. Well, heavenly Father, I just pray thank you for this chat that we've that we've had. Thank you that we've been able to uh, to come together. That we've been able to sit in your word a bit more. That we've heard the message on Sunday, and then we've also then been able to dive deep into it, and and not only hear more about the word, but hear everyone's you know, thoughts and and understandings, and and the information that they they bring to the table. Because everyone's got their different um, interpretation and and. And points that they bring, Lord, I pray for everything that's happening during the week, everything that's going in uh, in in the world. That um, everything continues to run smoothly. That we are able to continue on. And um, I just pray for anyone that's been hurting, that needs healing, that 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 is able to to come to them. And Lord, yeah, I just. Um, yeah, pray for um, those that are less fortunate. Than us that uh, you are with with them as as you are with with us right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Like I said before, any questions that have come up during this time on Sunday, any time, even if you're um, not just listening to a sermon or not just uh, listening to uh, to this, to any of the uh, random thoughts and prayers as well, if anything comes up of any sort of questions, please just um, message, contact any of us, um, new New beginnings email anything like that um, and we'll endeavor to answer any of those questions if you want to listen catch up on any of um, anything that we've been putting out head to the website um, or facebook uh, or if um, you like listening to your podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts Um, yeah so have a good week and we'll see you next time